dedicated to the DC Arrowverse on the CW network. It saved this city. A Flash and Arrow podcast. And now here's your host, Matt Murdick. And welcome to Save the City podcast. We're we're covering the season premieres of both Flash and Arrow this week. At season two, episode one, The Man Who Saved Central City on the Flash side, which was written by Andrew Kreisberg and Gabrielle Stanton and directed by Ralph Himmaker. And Arrow, season four, episode one, The Green Arrow, written by Mark Guggenheim and Wendy Miracle and directed by Thor Frudenthal. My name is Matt Murdock and I am from SaveThisCity.wordpress.com. That's your one-stop shop for all things this podcast, like the back episodes of the podcast. You can find social media and contact links and podcatcher links. And please, if you could, leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever podcatcher app you use. I would very much appreciate it because that way I get more noticeable among other the other great DC Universe uh, television universe podcasts and you help me improve the show with your suggestions about what you like or don't like if you leave a written review. Stars are great. I don't mind you just leaving stars, but the written kind really help me uh, in terms of those aspects. And I guess the only other thing to say about the podcast is I want your feedback. I want to hear from you. And I realize we're brand new. You're probably having a hard time even finding us on the listings right now because there's so many great podcasts listed but if you have found us and you want to send us information or your thoughts about any of the episodes each week, then feel free to contact us in this way. You can send an email to save this city podcast at gmail.com or you can call the Rewatching Good TV listener line 314-669-1840 or you can tweet at Save This City Pod. And if you send us in anything before 7 a.m. on Thursdays, wherever you are in the world, as long as you get it in by that time, uh, wherever you are, then I will include it in the podcast. And I do want to hear your opinions on each week's episode. As I've said before, I uh, am not the world's greatest comic book reference guy, so I need your help on that kind of stuff. I need you to call me out when I'm being a dummy or when I'm missing something and uh, helps improve the podcast in that way. Let's talk about Flash again, the man who saved Central City. Uh, And uh, I guess I'll kind of try to go through this a little bit through the progression of the episode, even though I might bring up some points from the overall episode as we go along. Uh, You know, I might mix in some end points with the beginning points to try and figure out what it all means in in the same context. Heatwave and Captain Cold, uh, right off the bat, in Barry's kind of little fantasy there. Uh, I Actually, I found that kind of disappointing. I know a lot of people liked it, but um, it it didn't really do a whole lot for me. Uh, And it's all to set up the fact that Barry is on his own thing, that that is not what is happening in the world. And you get out that, throughout the episode that it's been about six months since the singularity happened and Barry's been on his own because he doesn't want anyone else to get hurt. And of course we find out why he doesn't want to get anyone else to hurt 
be hurt because we find out that we lost Ronnie um, when we eventually get to seeing what happened with the singularity. I have to say, as far as that goes, I was really heartbroken for Caitlin. Uh, and maybe Barry's decision kind of made sense. Um, but, you know, the whole moral of the story of this episode, of course, is that Barry can't do it all alone, can he? And things that are kind of troublesome about the whole of the last season finale and, and the solution to this singularity is the whole time travel aspect of Thawne. I mean, it, I, I don't understand how this, how they're in this world where any of them are dead if Thawne is, in fact, dead. I mean, why why would Barry's mom still be killed? And I, I think that that kind of relates to what we're seeing with Cisco, and I'll get to that in just a minute. Um, when we get to the Flash Day thing, I really didn't expect Barry to show up, so that was kind of a nice surprise. I guess that he kind of did it because Iris had convinced him. I was also as surprised as Cisco that Caitlin was there since we found out that, you know, Flash Day is a celebration of the guy that Ronnie, but we find out later on that she doesn't blame Barry for for Ronnie's death, so that's fantastic. Then we have uh, the Atom Smasher guy show up, and... You know, he wasn't, he was, he's just kind of a, a setup for Zoom, I guess. And out of all of the effects that were in the show this week, I mean, I thought that for the most part, the singularity stuff looked fantastic. But when the Atom Smasher hulked up, uh, it almost looked like he was a balloon character in a lot of ways. It didn't look real enough to me, especially the times where he had his hand around Barry's throat. That certainly didn't look very realistic to me. And I'm trying to get some of this bad stuff out of the way because I want to get to a point where we're talking about good stuff. But uh, that's where I kind of get to Cisco because he's jumping between universes and he sees Adam Smasher in the other one. And there's that whole thing that uh, Adam Smasher says, you aren't so much of a threat as he said thing. And of course, we find out that Zoom has promised this guy to take him home if you kill Barry, but you have to ask who is Zoom. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Zoom is another kind of reverse Flash that's in the comic book series. Uh, and obviously he's a reverse Flash from a different universe, uh, which is all about uh, the very ending of the episode, which I'm going to save for the end of the discussion of Flash. But as for the last wishes of Harrison Wells... I mean, that was kind of unexpected, him leaving Star Labs to Barry and then admitting to killing Barry's mother. There was some really good moments around all of that between Barry and Caitlin. And uh, don't forget the flashback of Barry and Joe when Barry was a kid after Barry wakes up after the Atom Smashers hurt him a bit. Those were all kind of nice moments. I think the mac and cheese thing, though, kind of spawned a thought in me. And I was like, remember when we used to have Barry have to eat? you know, half a restaurant in order to re replenish the calorie burning from speed. Now we never see him eat, hardly. What's up with that? I want to see Barry eat. Uh, the Atom Smasher trap was kind of simple, overlistically simple. Um, but that's okay, since he is just a pawn. And uh, 
we'll have to see how much more menacing Zoom is than Atom Smasher. Atom Smasher, at least, was so strong that Barry really couldn't get away from him all that well. So that made him, I guess, a little bit of a threat. But uh, in the end, uh, the simple trap to get him was uh, pretty dumb. And, and they actually had to kill him. You know, it's not like, let's take him back to Star Labs and put him in a cell. He had to die. That was the only way Barry could get to it. And I, I think that that's kind of a big deal. And since we have another reverse flash, uh, why not have another flash? Because by the time we get to the end of this episode, I had almost completely forgotten about the guy who had been following Barry, taking pictures and stuff and being in different places. Almost. Uh, but then we find out who he is, and it's Jay Garrick. Um, the quote-unquote original Flash. And since he speaks of things in context that Barry's world is not in his own danger, I'm, I'm assuming he's from Zoom's universe. And uh, I, I feel like that the strings of the Singularity story are going to resonate throughout the whole season in some way, especially with Cisco's jumping back and forth. Um, he'll be helpful in that aspect. But the singularity seems to have changed a lot of things. Um, remember that the helmet that came through the finale last year, uh, you would assume that this helmet belongs to this Garrick fellow. And I guess as far as Cisco goes, is that why we're seeing his point of view? That there are still alternate universes going on? And for me, the biggest question is, are Barry and the gang even in their correct universe? I mean, I guess they are. And I hope so. I want them to be in a place where Barry's dad is free. But again, the whole thing with Harrison uh, doing that seems a little weird. With Harrison Wells admitting to Barry's mother's death. That seems just a little weird. And I want to go back to that, you know, Barry and his father scene. Because that was fantastic. Because, like, Victor Gabor doing the doctor's toast was really awesome. Um, there was so much weight in that, and I felt like all of the actors really resonated what it meant to their characters very well as he was speaking it. And we definitely get the resolution of, of Barry, you know, he's not going to continue to go on all alone, he's going to work with a team. And that's good, because I really don't think we need another brooding superhero in the universe. We've had, uh, ever since Nolan's Batman, we've had nothing but brooding superheroes in our film media, and I'm I'm not so much about that. Even uh, Superman in Man of Steel was uh, a, a little bit brooding, which I didn't particularly care for. Anyway, uh, the super emotional thing for me, of course, was the talk between Barry and his father. I'm sure that everyone who's listening to this podcast knows that John Wesley Shipp, who uh, plays Henry Allen, Barry's dad, actually played Barry Allen in a prior Flash TV series in the early 90s. So, uh, this is kind of a DC CW trick, actually, because if you remember in Smallville, Annette O'Toole, uh, she had played Lana Lang in a Superman movie, and then, of course, she played Martha Kent uh, in the Smallville series. So, in a way, uh, Barry's dad leaving is kind of a metaphoric passing of the torch between the old show and the new show. So that was something that really caught my attention, but mainly it was the performances of Ship and Grant in that moment that really sold it, and a really good musical score. I thought that everything about that moment was fantastic and, and uh, heroic, in a way, uh, by Barry's dad to, to decide to, to move on so that Barry can do what he needs to do. Uh, 
So that was really well done. Probably my favorite scene of the episode for certain. And with that, I guess I'll just conclude with kind of my rating uh, of the Flash side of it. Uh, A good episode to get us into a new and probably really crazy season. Uh, I don't think it's one of the best episodes of the series by any stretch of the imagination, but it was definitely solid enough to get us back into this world as far as the visual effects go, like I said before, they had great effects for the singularity, uh, awful effects for the Atom Smasher. But, you know, even to those extremes, none of it took me out of the actual story in any way. I didn't feel, you know, I wasn't so distracted by the graphics that I couldn't appreciate the peril that Barry was in as far as, far as the Atom Smasher goes. Or it wasn't so great that I didn't feel the peril of what Ron and... Uh, and the doctor we're doing in terms of uh, actually solving the singularity problem. And I'm definitely looking forward to next week. And I'm still feeling like this multiple universes thing is going to be lingering throughout the season. I'm excited to see what all of that means for Cisco. And I'm looking for that to also be a way to return Tom Cavanaugh back to the show as maybe the real Harrison Wells in some way or another possibly bring in Ronnie back somehow, or or maybe not, because, you know, you think about the season one finale, and we saw that shot of Daniel Panabaker in the Killer Frost outfit, um, so you think that something's got to happen to give her kind of a dark turn in the future somewhere, right? Uh, we'll have to see. Uh, still lots of things, lots of things set up uh, for what will be a probably a pretty long run, especially when you see the end of the Arrow episode and you realize that Barry is still dealing with Zoom six months later. So we know it's going to be a long-running kind of thing with this Zoom, I guess much the same way the reverse flash was last year. Overall, I'm going to give this episode an 8 out of 10, a very solid rating, Uh, not a super fantastic rating, but uh, it was still a very enjoyable episode. And with that, let's go on to the Arrow discussion. And all I got to say is, in contrast to the opening of the Flash episode, which I wasn't a big fan of, it seemed a little um, too, well, fantasy-like, because it was Barry's fantasy. Here we get a a real, in-the-moment, great action sequence right off the bat from the season premiere of Arrow. And you're thrown in with a a great new baddie like Damien Dark and his band of ghosts. And you see Thea and Diggle and Laurel trying to do their thing. And they're being fairly badass, but they're still not quite able to get over the hump with these guys. Um, You get the peril of all the city leaders being in trouble. And you can see the the whole total chaos of, of this versus the the humorous yet kind of mundane life of Oliver and Felicity, which I guess explains why Felicity wanted so bad to get back into this thing. And Oliver even is going to propose. I mean, he's really turned over a new leaf. He's trying to abandon uh, that dark side of him. And we get the reasonings why uh, as we go throughout this episode. But it is pretty awesome, uh, especially for, I guess, Elicity shippers. Uh, this episode was really awesome. You also, along the way, you get get a few character beats, which is great. You know, Oliver uh, trying to figure out which souffle he'd put the ring in was funny. Um, I think that 
Thea personally, you know, I don't know what to make of her as a superhero yet, but uh, the whole this is awesome thing uh, that was just pretty super adorable to me. So you have that, but on the other side of it, you see her getting way too much into the moment and going overboard, uh, which Oliver has to talk to her about. You got Laurel kind of checking her on, uh, you really got to stay, stop saying this is so awesome. And you have Oliver uh, questioning why she continued to beat that guy. You also get the, the beat that Laurel and her dad are, are seemingly okay, at the least at the moment of the crisis. But Obviously, I mean, was he ever really in peril if he's working for uh, Damien Dark? Or is this the moment that that uh, he, you know, got recruited by Damien Dark? Was it beforehand? I mean, the fact that he was the guy when Damien Dark first came in and introduced himself to the city leaders, the way he was the one that was so, I guess, irreverent to Damien Dark, and yet he lived... I, I guess that tells you that he's been working with Damien for a while. Two people who definitely aren't okay, and another character beat is Oliver and Diggle. And uh, even as we get to the end of the episode where Diggle says, you know, I'm not quite through this yet. It, it seems to me, you know, that this could still be an issue for a while between Oliver and Diggle. Um, speaking of Diggle, I don't know. What did you think of the new duds, the helmet and all of that? I, I don't know if I like it or not. It was really cool. Uh, when it was revealed at Comic-Con. But uh, I don't know. We'll have to see how that develops over the course of the season, I guess. And back to Damien Dark. I mean, this guy's got some mojo working, doesn't he? I mean, that even freaked Thea out. And she's come back from the dead, right? Uh, so, but uh, at that point of the episode, Oliver seems to really be the only one who has a clue as what that's really about. And I think that's going to tie into the flashbacks. As we go along, I'll get to the flashbacks towards the end here. But um, speaking of Thea, um, that whole train sequence between Thea, Diggle, and and Lance was really just kind of a big old gut punch to Oliver. Uh, I kind of hate to see him go through that. But then again, maybe the conclusion that he comes to is exactly what he needs. You know, that there is this darkness in him uh, and and. That's the way Felicity is is starting to help him, which ends up in the whole new Green Arrow thing. You just knew that there was no way that the train sequence was the end of Damien Dark. I mean, even then, he's just way too much of a badass to die from an arrow or an explosion. And I still don't get the whole train thing, why that worked. Because it's not like they disengaged the bombs, right? They didn't, did they? Uh, They didn't disable them. So if he blows up the train, don't they blow up too? And Felicity had said that, you know, it was 10 minutes till it was at the station, six minutes till the blast radius uh, would be harmful. So that's four minutes of a train moving in a super high speed. That's a big area. So when all of that went off, you would think that Oliver and Diggle would get fireballed. I guess the one bright spot about the whole train sequence was to see that Diggle took the time to put an arrow uh, into uh, Damien Dark to save Oliver's life, and Oliver giving him thanks. That was the one good moment out of that. Otherwise, it just seemed like action for action's sake uh, and didn't really realistically resolve the situation. And as far as Oliver getting back to, I guess, uh, Star City, as it is called now, 
it, he uh you know his little speech and them taking over the uh, electric broadcast or emergency broadcast system in order to to be able to transmit it everywhere um I don't know. Did you get any real feeling of hope out of that speech? Like they were all making it out to be? I, I, I guess it was nice that he was saying, you know, I won't be in the shadows. I'll be working for you. Wa da da. It's still illegal. That's the thing. It's still illegal. I'm going to give you hope by doing something illegal. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I feel, I feel conflicted about that. And I also feel a little conflicted about the fact that I just didn't, it didn't really do anything for me. It wasn't like this pumping hero speech that makes you kind of, makes your chest kind of pump out. It didn't do that for me. Maybe it did for you. Let me know. You know, you can send an email to save the city podcast at gmail.com or you can call 314-669-1840 or you can tweet at save this city pod and tell me what you're thinking about that. Um, the big reveal at the end, which I kind of already kind of let out of the bag, was Lance is working for Damian Dark. I, I don't really like that at all, but I guess you got to have a bad guy within the ranks of the heroes. Got to have a mole in there somewhere. Seems like every television story has to have a mole. Um, the thing that I think about with that, though, is that, you know, her dad has given her so much trouble about, uh, you know, her lying about Sarah and all of this stuff. Um, how is she going to react when she finds out, and eventually she will find out, that Lance is working for Dark? Uh, and I guess that's it for the main plot for the most part, but the, the flashbacks, the question that I have is, will all of the flashbacks in this season and possibly next be uh, on the island from now on? Is he now on the island to stay? Because there can't be more than one year of flashbacks if they keep using the five-year standard or, or how many, however many years standard. Um, they can't go back any further to the point than where he came back. So they're running out of a chance to do flashbacks. And I just think jumping Oliver around from place to place over the next two years would be a little weird. So I'm wondering if all of the flashbacks will be on the island. And there wasn't really too much... Uh, as to what exactly is going on, you know, he's on, he's on a mission to go there, but uh, it's mostly set up. And I'm pretty sure, like I said before, that it has to do with this mystical thing that Oliver refers to in the app. Uh, and that, that mystical thing is also tied to the Damien Dark thing, that statue or whatever, uh, that he was doing his little sacrifice to. And then of course I mentioned it in the flash section, but we also get a flash forward of six months. Uh, and with a crossover, no less, because we have Barry show up at this grave and him and uh, him and Oliver are mourning, well, someone. Uh, and he tells about the fact that Zoom is still uh, in the mix there, even six months later. And they didn't show the grave for or the who his name was on the headstone for obvious reasons. They want to create a mystery there. But I, I think I've narrowed it down to three candidates. I would say Felicity, Thea, or Diggle is the three candidates that you have to look at most seriously in terms of who's on that gravestone. And the fact that the showrunners, uh, that Guggenheim, at, well, the writers, Guggenheim and Miracle, both said that this is not a fake out. This is something that will be real and something that will be, well, they said permanent. I don't know if anything's permanent in a, in a comic book world, but that kind of makes me rule out Felicity. Obviously the emotional content makes you think it's Felicity, but because it is seemingly permanent, it doesn't seem to me, uh, like, uh, 
that it would be Felicity. Although, if it does tie into the whole Legends of Tomorrow thing, then that's a possibility. But, uh, you know, my top two candidates, I guess, would be either Thea or Diggle. I can't imagine Barry not being a little more emotional if it was Felicity also. But I think you do have to put Felicity, Thea, Diggle as your top three candidates as to who that is uh, in that grave. As for my rating for this episode, I'm going to give it an 8.4, slightly higher than my Flash premiere rating, because I think the Flash episode set up a bad guy, but with no real kind of reveal, while this one gave us a good look at a a clearly lingering bad guy who's really kind of both charming and really scary. So um, the casting of of this Damien Dark I thought was really cool. Uh, Guy's a great actor. I got to catch his name. Neil something. I don't remember what his last name is. Maybe you guys can help me out with that. Um, Plus, I I really got to kind of take my hat off to Stephen Amell for playing this character in a new way. He really did take kind of the broodingness out of the Green Arrow, you know, as opposed to in that was in the Arrow and yet you're coupling it with a flashback where uh, that Oliver, prior to getting off of the island, is clearly lost and very bleak. And, and I think it's going to be really interesting to watch this season, the disparity between past Oliver probably becoming even more dark and present Oliver trying to stay, you know, light. And I think that that's going to be a great thing to see. Uh, and I think Stephen Amell can pull it off. So, once again, 8.4. I have results for how you've ranked the episodes, and that's in Feedback Next. Feedback. Your thoughts on this week's episodes. So, I don't have any emails or tweets or voicemails for you right now. I understand we're a brand new podcast. You don't even probably know how to contact us. It's been a while since I put the intro episode out. I'll rephrase it again, or I will retell you. Save this city podcast at gmail.com, or you can tweet at Save This City Pod, or you can call 314 669 1840. That's the rewatching good TV listener line. Uh, it's a line for multiple podcasts, so be sure to say that you're leaving it for the Save This City podcast at the top of your voicemail. Uh, and, of course, local phone charges do apply. I don't have an 800 number for you, unfortunately. But uh, I do have a place where you can always go to rate the episodes, even if you don't feel like leaving me a voicemail or or writing out an email or tweeting at me. Uh, You can always go to savethecitypodcast.wordpress.com, and you will find polls for the most recently aired episodes. I actually put them out on Tuesday mornings, before the first Flash one goes, and the polls cover both the Flash and the Arrows, or whatever's going to air that week, uh, for you to rate everything on a scale of 1 to 10, just like you heard my ratings. Here's what I have in terms of results on Thursday at noon, my time, uh, which is Central Standard Time. Uh, Not a whole lot of people have voted, especially more voted for the Flash than on the Arrow, but here are your results. Both 9 out of 10 and 10 out of 10 came in for Flash in a tie for third place with 9.09%. Then you have, uh, in second place, 8 out of 10 with 36.36%. And finally, the top vote-getter for this week's Flash, the man who saved Central City, was 7 out of 10 
with 45.45%. As for Arrow, then uh, once again, uh, we have uh, a very small number of ratings. In fact, we have a three-way tie. Uh, 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10, and 9 out of 10 each got a third of the vote. So it may be that only three people have voted on that so far. But you can help me out. You can help make this right. You can go to savethecity.wordpress.com and vote uh, for each week. Remember, the polls come out on Tuesdays. You can also send me feedback. I would love to hear from you. I'm sure that there were some comic book references in there that I missed. I do remember something on Twitter about uh, some kind of reference to the Green Lantern or some people saying uh, something about Green Lantern. Uh, during last night's episode, I have no idea what you're talking about. Please uh, send me an email and let me know. Uh, Save the city podcast at gmail.com or you can call the listener line 314-669-1840 or you can tweet me at Save This City Pod. And that's it for this week. Uh, I know kind of a rough beginning to our podcasting. We will have episodes where we have Donald and Camille with us uh, as part of a panel to discuss some of these episodes. I'm sure they'll chime in when they feel it's rough relevant and when we can uh coordinate our schedules to record uh things are kind of crazy for all three of us right now but we're doing our best to give you content each and every week from here on out through the rest of the seasons for flash and arrow at very least so we'll see you next time this is matt thanks for listening Find all back episodes and all contact links at SaveThisCityPodcast.wordpress.com. If you have feedback, you can leave a voicemail by calling 314-669-1840, or send email to SaveThisCityPodcast at gmail.com, or tweet us at SaveThisCityPod. Please leave the podcast a written review on whatever app that you use. 